Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Everybody always thought I had it all together. I mean, seriously, I was an outstanding Marine. For those of you who have been following the Room podcast, You'll know that I talk a lot about my experience early on in my Marine Corps career, just different things that shaped me to be the leader who I am today. But I will tell you, I was an extraordinary Marine. I focused on being excellent at every turn. And so naturally, I took that same attitude and those attributes and qualities and characteristics when I left the Marine Corps and started off on my career in the civilian sector. And so everybody always looked at me and thought I had it all together. And honestly, I maintained that image. You know, are you a leader who maintains the image that you got it all together? Like, that's what I want to talk about in the room, is the things that we as leaders just don't talk about. We're afraid to. We think we're looking bad. You know, we, we don't want to certainly look like, you know, we don't have it all together. So. The reality was, is that I didn't have it all together. That, in fact, I, years later, discovered what I was actually experiencing. I remember a friend of mine saying to me one day, after I had, you know, aced a bunch of stuff and, you know, was top of my class. And when I was standing and talking to her, I, I, we had a trusting relationship and I was explaining how I didn't really feel like I did enough. I, I'm so, you know what, I, I don't know. Maybe I just, I should have done better with that, that whatever that project was. I, I, I had this whole thing going on. How, have any of you had that where you, you've just like blown the socks off of a project or you've landed a huge client and then within seconds, You're shredding yourself. You're tearing yourself down. So what I didn't know was that there's actually a name for that. And but sometimes what it sounds like in our heads is I'm not good enough. I'm I'm not getting this right. If they find out, if my boss finds out that I'm not very smart, they're going to fire me. Or another one is. Maybe they hired the wrong person for this job because I can't figure out what to do right now. Or, well, geez, it seems like things are coming really easy. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I, am I right? Like, maybe I need to do more. Maybe I'm not prepared enough. Maybe I, maybe I need another degree or maybe I need another certification. The reality is, is that 70% of us, yes, that's right. It's a real statistic. 70% of us experience self-doubt. 70%. So first of all, I hope that fact, if you're one of the people who has these conversations, I hope that fact lets you know that seven out of 10 people, if you're in a room right now, look around, seven of you are experiencing self-doubt. 
The other three, I don't know. Tomorrow they might, <laughs> depending on what's going on. But the reality is, is that self-doubt is experienced by everyone. It's particularly experienced by women, people of color, people with disabilities, differently abled people. Um, and so understand that self-doubt is something that people who are maybe not part of the majority, if we're talking about a work environment that might be Caucasian and male, that those ideas of self-doubt are, are really taking over thoughts. But what's the impact? Well, self-doubt or a pattern of self-doubt is called the imposter syndrome. If you've never heard of it, I'd never heard of it. <laughs> so when I found out about it, I was like, well, hot damn, I wish I would have known that uh, 25 years ago when I was having some crushing self-doubt. Because the reality is what self-doubt does in a work environment and really in personal life is that it always keeps us off balance. We're always asking the questions, am I good enough? Should I be here? Did I mess something up? Am I doing the wrong things? Now, what does this have to do with leadership, you may be asking? Well, it's pretty simple. Leadership is about making decisions. It's about influencing people. It's about impacting people. And sometimes we have zero idea of what the other people on the other side of our conversation might be experiencing. We may, for those of us who have self-doubt challenges and we have to really work on it, we may interpret someone's eye twitch or their body posture or their response or lack of response, we may automatically interpret that as that we've done something wrong or we don't have something together. And that has a tremendously negative impact on our ability to lead and our ability sometimes to be decisive and our ability sometimes to take risks in a work environment where it's really important, in our ability to raise our hand and say, I'm ready for that promotion. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that opportunity. Women in particular, if you have probably have seen this statistic, women in particular are often overqualified for roles when compared to men. So there's a study, and I believe it was around resumes and also um, uh, women applying for particular positions. And it said that women will often go basically get a PhD to apply for a, for a job that re only requires them to have a bachelor's degree. And a guy in the same scenario will have a high school diploma and will apply for a job that requires them to have a PhD and will do that in a way that is completely convincing because he's so self-confident that he gets the job. But the woman who has a PhD and applies for a job with a bachelor's won't get the job because people are like, wait, what? She's out. That's out of alignment. Or for some women, it just takes much, much longer to make career progression. So self-doubt is a real thing. And self-doubt has tremendous impact on leaders. And whatever impact it's having on us as a leader, imagine that it's also impacting our team members, meaning our behaviors, our interpretations, our willingness to risk, or our fear that if we take certain actions, that there'll be a negative consequence. 
So it's important to understand yourself. Leadership, I always say, leadership is an inside job. If we're not doing the internal work, and that's something that I advocate. I have a book about it. I have, uh, we do trainings around it. But leadership is 100% an inside job. If your insides are not on point, if you haven't done the work, and it is work, nobody just shows up and is a perfect, amazing, fabulous, phenomenal leader. That is, that is a myth. In order to be an effective leader, to be a good leader, to be a great leader, you have to be doing personal development work. You have to. Because something like self-doubt, I mean, I lived with this experience for years. And one of the negative pieces of it is that this imposter syndrome, of which self-doubt is one of the aspects of it, is that it becomes this pattern of self-doubt. So if I have an experience and something doesn't quite go great or well, then my self-talk will lead to more self-doubt, which will then potentially lead to anxiety, increased stress, and maybe missed opportunities. And I can certainly tell you that one of the one that stands out at this very moment is that when I was in uh, the Marine Corps, my Marine Corps story, so influential in my life, clearly. When I was in the Marine Corps, I was in as an enlisted person, and I uh, decided to apply for uh, an officer program. So that meant that I did not have a degree at the time. That meant that I would be selected for this particular program. If I were selected, I w- the Marine Corps would pay for me to go to school, a very rigorous school, very rigorous environment. And once I graduated, matriculated, I'd have not only my degree, but I'd be commissioned as a, a lieutenant. And so here's where my self-doubt killed an opportunity. Like to this day, I wonder where I would have gone in the military. So I was good at applying, which I did. I applied. I had strong recommendations. I had accolades because I was really an exceptional Marine, exceptional leader. Um, those were things that I could see and understand. They were, they were outside of me, but my insides were a hot mess. <laughs> so I apply for this program. And then there's a big announcement that I'd been selected for the program. And then I went into absolute fear. Here's where my fear came from. When I was in high school at the time, it was not required to have advanced level math. So I think the most I did mathematically when I was in high school was like general math. And I couldn't stand a minute of it because I didn't understand the power of mathematics. So here I get selected to this program and they were going to send us to a school actually in San Diego, California, that they trained people who were going to be on atomic subs. So we had to do like a year of kind of prep us up in order to then prepare us to go off to college, to be able to, uh, to earn our degree. And that particular school, they told us, there's a, you have to be able to pass algebra. I was like, algebra who? <laughs> I didn't know how to spell algebra, but I knew it was that thing that people who were way smarter than me, they were the ones who, who, who took algebra. And can I tell you that that fear that I would not make it 
is why I withdrew my name from that program. That would have been a life-changing opportunity for me in many, many, many ways. Life-changing opportunity. But I, I made up some reasons why I couldn't do it. Now, as a leader, have you ever made up reasons why you couldn't go to a convention or why you couldn't do a, give a keynote speech or why you couldn't take over a team or you couldn't take over a project? I want to just challenge you that if you're in that place where you're doing that and you justify it to yourself, I want you to take a minute and start to unpack what's really going on. I cost myself, my self-doubt, my belief, not only that I was an imposter, that they were going to figure out that I wasn't smart enough, cost me the opportunity for a career-changing experience. Now, you may be saying, well, Jenny, I, I'm not good at algebra. I, I, I'm with you. Like, go. I understand why you did that. Okay, let me fast forward for you. I finally leave the Marine Corps and that career opportunity. And then I decided I wanted to be a civil engineer. What's the headline here? Civil engineering requires a lot of math. And so I started at a community college. And guess what I had to take? I had to take the equivalent of high school mathematics classes in, I think they were like zero, zero, one level algebra, pre-pre-algebra, algebra. So here I am. I've taken myself out of this career opportunity because I, was, I had this crazy self-doubt that I wouldn't be able to understand or master algebra. And fast forward a year or two later, I find myself wanting to be a civil engineer and I find myself continuing my community college education and I find myself in algebra courses. I find myself in chemistry courses. I find myself in physics courses. Can I tell you what the headline is? Is that I buckled down. At one point, I had a, uh, I was taking an algebra course that met five days a week. It was a crash course over the summer. It met five days a week. And I aced it. I got nothing but A's. A's, 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 A's. In chemistry, which I thought was for other people. In algebra, which I also thought was for other people and I wasn't capable. My self-doubt had really, really impacted a career opportunity. So this is so important if you're in a leadership role. Is to take stock of where your self-doubt, your feelings of being an imposter if they find out that I'm not smart enough, they find out that I didn't go to the best schools, or if they find out that I'm not capable, or if they find out I have no damn idea what I'm doing. If any of those conversations are happening in your head, please rewind this and listen to it again. Self-doubt is not factual. It's not factual. It's an emotion that's running amok in your system, in your body. So. If you're feeling that way, remember that 70% of people experience the imposter syndrome and some of its children, self-doubt being one of them. Some people think that, oh, you know, I, I'll, you know I'm, I'm never going to be good enough to do this work. Listen, buckle down. I buckled down and aced algebra. 
I aced it. And I was so, and I did a self-paced course at one point. So I had no professor teaching me. I was teaching myself algebra and aced the class. So I clearly had the capacity, the understanding to do it. Once I had stepped away from my self-doubt and doubled down and said, I'm going to do this. So the first thing in all of this is if you're, if you're experiencing self-doubt or the imposter syndrome, separate your feelings from the actual facts. You know what? Our college education does not mean, unless you're doing something that requires a particular type of education, does not mean that we're incapable of learning. If you've had a lot of accomplishments, I had amazing accomplishments, but I'd literally have to, I'd literally accomplish something. And then the next breath, I would cut myself down. That's the, that's the impact of self-doubt. But if you have accomplishments, if you've done things, if you've achieved things, whether it's promotions or project management, whatever, take note of them, write them down on a piece of paper, check them out, know that they're real. Don't compare yourself to other people. I think there's a quote somewhere that says, comparison is the thief of all joy. Don't compare yourself to people. You are your own powerhouse. Let me say that again. You are your own powerhouse. You are your own powerhouse. Look at your own achievements. Decide what your roadmap to success is going to be. Not the person to either side of you or in front of you or behind you. Have a trusted cabinet of people that will tell you the truth about how fabulous you are. Don't blow smoke up your booty. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying people who really champion you, people who want you to grow, have people around you. If it's really tough, talk to a therapist, talk to a counselor, talk to a coach. Because at the end of the day, you don't need to have the anxiety, the stress, or even the missed opportunities that come from self-doubt and that come from the imposter syndrome. And know that whatever you're experiencing, your team members are also experiencing it too. Know that it's not just contained within you. It's also affecting them. And so it's important for you to do that internal work to get control over it and to figure out what do I need to do to get clear of it. I hope this is helpful. Please, if, this, if you found value in this, you know, jot us a note. Or just even share it with a friend who you can see maybe maybe experiencing self-doubt and the imposter syndrome. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.